by golly, it's another week down. Football came and went, and we're right back at it again with a Monday night showdown with the Chiefs and Bills starting at 5 o'clock. You're tuned in to the Buffalo Binge. How are you, Graham? Oh, buddy, I'm a little upset after that game, but I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, I could agree there. Upsetting is a down statement. But I'm alive. I'm well. I mean, I made it. Through the night last night, went out, had myself a little party moment. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, you had a little fun, didn't you? Yes, I did. I had a lot of fun. Saw some old folks down there that I haven't seen in a while. I'm glad everybody's doing well, and thank you for letting me crash on your couch. You're welcome, buddy. But I'm alive. I honestly walked out and thought you were dead this morning. You know what? You know what? I'm glad you're alive. I freaking looked dead. When I looked at myself in the mirror, I said, woo, it's a ghost. Yep. But anyway, hey, we're here. We're ready to talk football. We're ready to do what we do, which is sports, talk, predictions, and everything else in between. So. I want to start with that Titans recap, man. I'm a little disappointed, but I don't hate our team. I don't have anything against them. I don't think we were outcoached. I'm really just disappointed that our backups kind of didn't play better than what they were supposed to. I don't even want to go there, man. I don't think that it was the backups at all. Honestly, we just look kind of sluggish for most of the game. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Josh Allen just looked tired, dude. Like every time they would zoom in on his face when he's rolling up to the to the line of scrimmage, like he just looked tired. This whole team looked out of whack. And I, I can we really blame him here? I mean, no, man, getting screwed around by the league all week long with them changing the date and time of the game and not knowing if you're actually going to play this game or not. I don't know, man. I don't blame right. him at all. I mean, almost all last week we had the game plan for two different games. We didn't know if we were going to be playing the Chiefs Thursday night, the original time, or if we we're going to be playing them tomorrow night, Monday. But when you have to game plan for two different teams, man, it's hard enough to game plan for one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't really blame the coaches. I don't blame the team. I think it was just one of those circumstances. The NFL threw at them and the Titans came out on top because one, they didn't have to fly anywhere. They played in their home. It, it was just more convenient for the Titans. What took place here. Right. In I, my opinion. Dude, I a hundred percent agree with you, man. And the thing that kind of scared me a little bit this week was that Josh Allen didn't really have that like competitor look in his eye. Right. Like he has in week past, like, you're not stopping me. I'm getting this done no matter what. He didn't have that look. Well, that that sluggish mentality or sluggish persona that was being given off by the team definitely showed in the final score of this game, 42-16. And Graham, I got to ask you, what were like your three biggest takeaways? Where do you want to start with this game? What do you want to talk about first? Defense, offense, special teams. You, you throw it out there. We'll dive right in. Well, I want to talk about the offense first. I want to talk about Josh Allen's turnovers. The first one wasn't really on him. The second one, I have no idea who he was throwing that ball to. But I think it was going towards Gabe Davis. It was it was intended for Gabe Davis, yeah. but man, he threw it right at the guy. Right at him. It, it was disappointing, but the first one was not his fault. Mm-hmm. The running game, kind of minuscule again. Devin Singletary is averaging good yards for, for the carry, but I think our run game, we're, we're going to have to depend on that a little bit more if John Brown's going to continue to be out. I know Gabe Davis has really stepped up as a rookie this year and filled in like and solidified himself in this offense at least being incorporated in it getting some targets at least three targets a game the loss of john brown is showing i mean it's just the the fact that we don't really have that deep threat guy who can get down there quickly and open up the under game right he just brings a whole different dimension to this offense gabe davis the kid's playing outstanding for being a rookie five catches 58 yards a good game for him but man josh allen just looked off in general in this game man trying to get the ball into places and not having John Brown there to kind of open up the field for other guys. You could see the difference out there on the field. Yeah, Josh Allen still didn't really have that bad of a game, in my opinion. The one interception off Andre Roberts, that's kind of like the Tyler Croft situation that happened. 
it was just crazy freak of events. It was like the Cole Beasley interception last year, actually. Right. Uh, but he still had 263 yards, two touchdowns. The offense was moving the ball. I, I will say that the, the offense was moving. It was the defense and positioning on the field. I think that really took over this game for the Titans. It did. And it's kind of crazy too, because I know at one point in this game, we were like 11 of 15 on third downs. And we we're still losing. And I was like, okay, that stat doesn't really mean much to me. But I understand why it makes sense to these announcers. Right. Because they announced it during the game that, okay, I'm confused because the Bills have 11 of 15 on third down conversions. They're still losing. You can convert all the third downs you want, but when you're turning the ball over, that's when you're screwing up. Absolutely. I mean, turn the turnover factor has always played a role in the NFL. Everybody always says if you win in the turnover ratio, you win the game. Well, at least the statistics show it's about a 90% chance you win the right. game. So every single turnover counts. Diggs still had a great game for himself, 10 receptions, 100 yards. I Like I said, man, I'm not really hitting or knocking on Josh Allen. I'm not really knocking on the wide receivers. Our offensive line needs to figure out something, though, to get some bigger holes for our running backs so that we can start incorporating the play action ourselves. It was crazy to watch the Titans nickel and dime us. And then all of a sudden, everything was just opening up because that play action was just right there. Right. That and like you said earlier, they've had short fields to work with the whole night because of the turnovers. They had a great punt return early in the game. We had that big fumble in the fourth quarter from Andre Roberts when we were still in the game, sort of. Mm -hmm. I know that it led to a garbage touchdown, but turnovers are killer, man. Right. So. Let's get on to the defensive side of the ball here, man. We obviously didn't have Matt Milano. Tredavious White was out, and I think it showed. I think it, it showed real, real bad. It did, and Tremaine Edmonds also just didn't look healthy. I think he's nursing that shoulder, and he just didn't look like the same player out there that he has in the last couple of years. My man Cam Lewis finally got a start for the Buffalo Bills. It was good to see the, the young man, all his hard work and everything paying off. He actually got engaged at Bills Stadium. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep, I saw that. That looked pretty cool. I, Good I for him. I love his story. Happy for you, Cam. I'll tell you what, though. Taron Johnson, Cam Lewis, and uh, Josh Norman did not get the job done in this game. No, they just didn't look good. As much as I like them, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be figured out before we go into Kansas City, whether it be you know the abysmal pass rush that we had during this game. Or just like our linebackers just being completely fooled out of their shoes in the play action. Not mo and I'm talking mostly AJ Klein and Tyrell Dotson. Well, you do have to respect the game of Derrick Henry. And that's part of the reason why the play action game works so well for the Titans, because Derrick Henry is such a freak running the ball. Mm -hmm. You have to step up. Right. You have to fill the hole. And that's why the play action game works so well for them because the open is the middle is just wide open. Right. But that being said, man, I I don't really knock the secondary. I know that you know, I said they need to step it up, which they do. There were some plays where Taron Johnson was just completely fooled out of out of the uh, off the snap. Cam Lewis, his inexperience showed at times. But if we're not getting pressure on Ryan Tannehill and making him throw off his back foot or getting in his face a little bit, even just getting the hands up. I mean, this is all things that contribute to getting more turnovers and contested plays in the field. Right. And that's I think that's our biggest problem with this defense right now. And I've said it to you in a personal conversation that this defense is not a top five defense. They're not playing like a top five defense. There aren't that many contested passes. There aren't that many plays where the quarterback is even rushed. Mm -hmm. It's just not looking good right now for this defense. The front seven needs to step up. Secondary needs to step up and start contesting more passes, trying to force interceptions, trying to do something different. Right. That defensive line needs to get their hands up into the passing lane. The linebackers need to 
be in the right spots. I just feel like we're really confused in a lot of spots and it's not looking good. Right. I totally agree with you right there, man. This is what takes me back to loving uh, Schwartz, our old D coordinator. I have nothing against Leslie Frazier. Jim Schwartz. Yep. I have absolutely nothing against Frazier. I love what he does. I love his own concepts. But maybe getting to the quarterback is going to involve sending more than just four linemen. And when Schwartz ran into a problem with this, like, yes, we would give up big yards when Schwartz was our defensive coordinator. Right. But the thing was, is he would just, we need to get to the quarterback. Like, he's going to throw all these balls really far downfield. He's going to cash in on three out of seven of them. But on any of those remaining four, we might get an interception, get the ball back, and, you know, get our offense on the field. Right. Uh, the one thing I'm not seeing a lot with the Buffalo Bills, at least in the Titans game, and Graham's obviously mentioned it plenty of times in all the other uh, reviews we've done up to this point. I'm not seeing enough blitzing. I'm not seeing enough uh, disguising of blitzes. I'm not seeing a couple linebackers coming in while the safeties drop down and the corners cover deep or anything like that. Like I just want to see him mix it up, maybe show Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes something a little different than what they showed the Tennessee Titans because Tennessee just kind of ran all over us, did the play action and everything. You couldn't stop Tennessee. Right, and the thing that was most upsetting to me was the fact that this team is a run-first team, which means you're going to have eight guys to nine guys in the box at a time. You can disguise a blitz easily in that. Right. In my in my eyes, you can disguise a blitz easily in that because you can have guys faking, you can guys have guys dropping back, and they haven't done any of that, really. The only play that I remember was one time Dean Marlowe blitzed from his extra safety position. Right. It's definitely showing, man. A.J. Brown came in, first came back. He had seven receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. And Janu Smith, a tight end that probably I wouldn't say is as good as some of the ones we've seen yet in Darren Waller and Tyler Higby and Mike Gusecki and Mike Gusecki. But he comes in. He has a pretty solid game, man. Five receptions, 40 yards, two touchdowns. We just couldn't figure it out. And those are both areas where we're really hurting in our injuries right now right. and missing pieces. Uh, Matt Milano, I have all the faith in Matt Milano to be able to cover just about any tight end in this league and allow Tremaine Emmons to spy on the quarterback and read the running back because that's our thumper. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you, man. I even think he can cover a lot of the running backs in this right. league too. So it's just one of those things where we were very questionable on why we only carried six linebackers into the season starting. Uh, and Medikavich, I haven't even seen out there. It, it's usually just Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein. I think Medikavich is only on the team for his special team skills right. because I think, didn't he lead the league last year in special team he tackles? He was up there. Yeah, he was up there. But that's just one of those things that you got to kind of be prepared for. We have Andre Smith on the practice squad, but we got to be able to find if Matt Milano is going to continue to be out, we got to be able to find and gel with the right three dudes back there so we can at least stay in games and stop somebody. We have to be able to stop teams on third downs and just get our offense on the field because we have the offense to win games. Right. And stop teams in short field situations. The thing that irked me the most about this game was all the short fields. And they were just dink and dunk the whole yeah. way to the end zone. And it was horrible. Like, at least stop them for a field goal. I know they stopped them once for a field goal, but you got to do it more than once a game. Right. Another thing that kind of dinged us in this game was 10 penalties, mostly coming at very key pivotal moments. AJ Epinesa jump is, jumps offsides, uh, third and seven, big third and seven play, jumps offsides, goes third and two, and the Titans run Derrick Henry right up the middle. Yeah, I remember a pass interference yeah. uh, later in the game, too, like third down inside the 10, and it gave him first down inside the 10. And Daryl Williams jumped offsides a couple times again. It's just the little things. I feel like this week was all out of whack. The Bills were out of whack. It's going to be a wash. And it, it's something that I'm not really worried about going up against the Chiefs as long as I know 
that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are going to do everything they can to figure out how to use this defense against Pat Mahomes and, and get production. I'm hoping that they can, man, because they've done a really good job so far at fixing problems when they need to be fixed. I think now we're really seeing the problems and they're going to do something. Do you think that they're going to make a trade here toward the trade deadline to try to help on that pass rush? I'll tell you something, man. It's it's kind of questionable to me because it depends who's available. The addition of Star Latule, I feel like, has been totally blown up in terms of Bill's Mafia and the fan base and what they believe, saying that Star doesn't play a big role. He might not be a big role in the passing game, but the run game, it's showing. Like It is showing. Harrison Phillips is not Star Latule when it comes to stopping the run up the middle. And against these play-action teams, we need to be able to stop the run and get those teams that rely on that to get out of their comfort zone so that we are on on the top. You know what I mean? Right. I agree with you, man. I think the biggest piece that we're missing is an edge rusher, kind of like a Nick Bosa, a Miles Garrett, a TJ Watt, a Joey Bosa, a guy like that. Like We need a top-tier pass rusher. See, I feel like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison have everything it takes to get to the quarterback. The problem is I don't think we have the the physical body in the middle that is requiring two people to block. And that's where I would that's where I'm coming back to Starlet Tulele because if a guy like Quinn and Williams, the Jets just recently dropped Le'Veon Bell, he gets picked up by the Chiefs. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the Jets are now talking about shopping Quinn and Williams, former first round pick. Right. Right up there with Ed Oliver. So taken before Ed Oliver right. in the so same draft. That's that's kind of intriguing to me. Cause if if Quinn and Williams is going to be better than any defensive lineman coming out. And the Bills are expecting to be right back where they were when they traded the pick and the Vikings took Jefferson in the mid-20s, early 20s. Mm-hmm. I would trade a first-round pick for Quinn and Williams and try to fill that role. And then you have Ed Oliver, Quinn and Williams, who both are pass rushers and run stoppers. Right. That might be something I explore if I'm Brandon Bean. Yeah, I would explore that too. The problem is you're trading in the division. You're giving your opponent in the division a first-round pick for, at that point. But at the same time, you're getting Quinn and Williams on a rookie contract for four years. You know, what I mean? like he's basically your pick is what you're doing. So if you give up, they're not going to get a Quinn and Williams in the twenties. They're not. They're not going to get a Quinn and Williams in the twenties or even late teens. Right. And I, I'm thinking that you're guessing we're going to be in the twenties because we're going to make the playoffs this yes, year. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I feel like we're going to make a push for the AFC title this year and. It's just something I would at least explore. We've already seen it. Brandon Bean is not afraid to pull the trigger on trades. This trade deadline, I feel like we're going to be shoppers and buyers. So it all depends what he thinks we need, what Sean thinks we need. But that defensive line needs to figure out how to get pressure or make it feel like there's pressure on the quarterback right. because it's abysmal at this point. Right, it is. And it's sad and it's just disappointing. And if that carries over into the Chiefs, man, we're going to have a headache. So you want to dive into the Chiefs game? or Yeah, buddy, let's get in right, right into it. We got... Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, we've been talking about it all year, the throwing competition. Are we going to see it on some live plays here? You think these guys are going to get like a play? Their coach going to be like, all right, man, this is Just your one it. play. This is your one play. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, especially if the game's tight, which I think it's going to be. I don't think we're going to see that. I think the best opportunity is going to be before the game. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Right. I'll tell you what. Regardless of who throws as far or whatnot, it doesn't matter to me. But Josh Allen made a sling of a throw. That really proves that he has the arm strength comparable to Pat Mahomes with that touchdown pass he had to TJ Yeldon against the Titans. Yeah, that was a freaking frozen rope, dude. That thing was there in like a second and a half. In 30 yards in a second and a half. That's yeah, pretty nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. So there's no doubt in my mind both these guys have great arm strength. That's not what I'm most excited about, though, is to see who throws farther. I'm more excited just to see 
Josh Allen, be Josh Allen, and Pat Mahomes be Pat Mahomes and go neck and neck this whole entire game and just put all the haters and and just let everybody watch and see what's coming about in the AFC because this is these are two franchise guys who are every single week benchmarking their name into the NFL. Well, they're always going to be connected to each other too because right. the Bills traded that pick to the Chiefs to get Pat Mahomes. Yep. And they're very similar style quarterbacks, both strong arms like you said, both very athletic mm-hmm. and both know how to move around in the pocket. And they're winners. And they're winners. They're winners. It's a good thing you brought that up, man, because the Bills have always been talked about possibly blowing that trade that got Pat Mahomes to the Chiefs at pick 12. Uh, Josh Allen has always been talked about being a bust since he came out and yada, yada, yada. The Bills are always going to be linked to the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And if Josh Allen can go in there and at least do as well, or maybe even a little less or even more, it's just it's a win-win for the Bills. Right. And and how that, you know, shaped up to be. Honestly, man, looking at their stats so far this year, it's already a win-win. Both are four and one. Josh Allen is the better completion percentage because Mahomes is a 63.7. Allen's got a 69.3. Mahomes has 1,474 yards. Allen's got 1,539 yards. Mahomes has 13 touchdowns. Allen's got 14. Mahomes has one interception. Mm-hmm. And Allen has three now, which I don't really count two of those interceptions. Right. One was the Tyler Croft one, which I've seen a million times happen. They always give it to the offensive player. And the other one was Andre Roberts just bounced right off his hands, kind of like the Cole Beasley play. So in my eyes, Josh Allen is responsible for one interception. So whatever, though. Either way, these are two guys who are going to be at the top of the list for MVP come that time. And right now, Josh Allen would be winning that. And he is winning that. Yeah. So in my eyes, the Bills did it right. Is Pat Mahomes awesome? Yes. Do the Bills have $500 million to spend? No, but we got a guy on a rookie contract right now who's performing a little better than a $500 million MVP Super Bowl winner, and I'm okay with that. I'm more than okay with that, man. I, I love his mentality. I've I've beaten this drum a million times. The dude gets better every game except last week. I feel like he took some steps back, but that's only because of circumstance. I think Josh Allen has progressively gotten better every single opportunity he gets. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Josh Allen is looking like a freak this year. He still almost hit that 300-yard mark last week, even though he didn't play as well. I think if he didn't throw those interceptions, he would have hit 300 yards easily. So where do you want to go with this? You want to get into the defensive side of, of the Bills first, offensive side of the Bills first, matchups there? What, what do you want to do? I, I'm saying we stick with the offense for now because we're on the Allen, all, Allen Mahomes thing okay. already. Let's let's stick with the All right, offense. well, Dawson Knox is out for this game. Quentin Spain? Out for this game? Questionable. All right, questionable. I'm assuming he's going to be out. Even when he's healthy, we've been starting Brian Winters and uh, Ford in the inside anyway, so I don't see that changing. That's so weird to me. I have no idea why we're doing that Same. because Quentin Spain was such a big role in last year's offense and even gave us that hometown discount to stay. I'll tell you what. Winters must have just shown something that they like a little more. Maybe he's more agile because Quentin Spain didn't allow a sack last year. Right. So to maybe, lose your spot. Maybe they like Cody Ford better on the left side. Maybe they do. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll have to see how it shapes up. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills come out with a totally different offensive line again because they do this all the time. Ty Seki comes in sometimes mid-game for a series and then doesn't play at all again and then comes in after halftime and he's in. It's weird. It's, it's definitely something that the offensive coaches use to their advantage because we are very deep on the offensive line, which is also a plus. So I can't can't knock him for that. Dawson knocks out. Rambo sitting tight. Tyler Croft comes back out. You think he's going to have a big game for us here, man? I think in the red zone, he's going to be a big target. I don't know about a big game, but I, I think that he's going to get targeted at least once in the red zone, possibly a touchdown. 
I'm really thinking the keys in this game are going to be our run game, man. They're 29th in the run in run defense. Yep. And we need to take advantage of that. We need to set up the play action like you discussed in our Titans talk. We need to set up the play action to be able to suck the linebackers up from the Chiefs and open up the middle of the field for guys like Diggs, guys like Brown if he's healthy, guys like Davis, Beasley, and just get the ball moving again. I agree. Yeah, man, we're coming in here 28th in the rushing attack against the Chiefs' 29th rushing defense. Devin Singletary is definitely going to play a pivotal role, in my opinion. I agree with you there, 100%. We need to get the screen game going, and that's where I that's why I asked you if you thought Tyler Croft was going to have a big game because I feel like the Bills are going to be nickel and diamond and trying to keep Pat Mahomes off of the field if we have big-name players like Milano and Tredavious White still on the sideline because we won't. We clearly could not stop the Titans. They don't have nearly the weapons the Chiefs do. Right. So we got to keep the ball on our side as long as possible. Right. Long sustained drives is how we're going to win this game. We got to keep them off the field. I think with Zach Moss being healthy, he might be a breakout player this game, man. He might have a bunch of carries picking up those hard yards. Him and Devin Singletary being the perfect spell for each other. And it's going to be important for them to have a good game this week. Buffalo comes in 12th in points per game. So we got knocked back a little bit there. We were top five last two weeks. But we're back at 12 so because of an abysmal Titans game. Uh, we are fifth in yards per game, which is still pretty much. Yeah, we're, pretty I, both teams are top five in yards per game, which means that both teams are high flying offenses, man. The, the one thing that we do have up on the Chiefs, though, in terms of statistics is we are second in pass yards per game compared to their fourth, which, hey, let's go MVP Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, that's a crazy thought, man. And it's only separated by like 100 yards. So before we, you know, move on to the defensive side of the ball here, I want to ask you some offensive predictions. Hopefully you got some for me. Yada, yada. How about Devin Singletary? Do you think we get an over 100 yard game from Devin Singletary this game? I don't think so. I think him and Zach Moss are going to be over 150 yards combined, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately what I'm hoping for every week is 150 yards combined rushing with 300 yards passing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're that Singletary is going to hit hundred yards though. Okay. I mean, the chiefs definitely have a way with their defensive line. They got their big boy, Chris Jones right there in the middle stuff and everything up. He's going to be a headache for Mitch Morris. Who's actually going back to his old team playing against Kansas city chiefs. Yep. And I would say we got a pretty good deal for Mitch Morris. I know his first year here, he had some injury issues, but since then I think he's been a pretty solid center kind of reminds me of a Jeff Saturday esque player. And that's why they paid him to be the most expensive center in the league. And I, I feel like he's, doing great and the Chiefs are missing him yeah I think so too man I agree with you 100% I'm excited to see Mitch Morris go up against his old team I'm hoping he's just gonna hold his own the whole game Mm -hmm. and even just knock over dudes that'd be great heck yeah so no no 100 yards for Devin Singletary but combined with Zach Moss you're shooting for 150 I like it I like that a lot how about Stephon Diggs do you think he gets another 10 reception game or are we gonna see more of like a Cole Beasley John Brown thing going on underneath here I'm thinking Cole Beasley is gonna play a bigger role as far as receptions go but I still think Diggs is gonna to go over 100 yards in this game okay and josh allen 300 yards yes josh allen is going through over 300 yards i think this is going to be a duel to the end which whoever wants it more or whoever has the ball last whether it's allen or mahomes all right all right so graham's predictions for the offense are out there if you have any shoot them our way on the buffalo binge facebook page we'd love to hear from you and give us your advice on what you think is going to be happening there so let's get on to the defensive side of the ball graham like we stated earlier matt milano is questionable Okay, this is this is huge for us because, again, this is a Chiefs team with multiple weapons. Pat Mahomes spreads the ball around better than anybody. 
And we got Travis Kelsey coming to town with Tyreek Hill, and Matt Milano is going to be well missed if he's not there. Yeah, man, I agree with you. I don't think Dotson's going to line up well against a guy like Travis Kelsey. I think you're really going to be using your big nickel, and you're going to be putting a guy like Dean Marlowe or Jaquan Johnson on Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey the whole night. And the other thing that's kind of scaring me, if Matt Milano's not there and Tredavious White is out, if we play in zones, which I think that's kind of what bit us last week, was we played in a lot of zone. We gave Ryan Tannehill too much time to to diagnose what was happening, and he found the pockets. Pat Mahomes can do it 10 times faster and his players there are 10 times faster and Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman. Yeah, no, I agree with you, dude. It's going to be a tough matchup, especially on the outside. Trey White is questionable. And if he doesn't play, it's going to be another week like last week, man. It's going to be hard to watch it defensively. Is. Exactly, exactly. The one plus we have going in for us against the Chiefs offense is the fact that they are without Sammy Watkins for sure. And they are out without their new left guard, Osemele. Osemele. And Mitchell Schwartz is questionable. So this might be a good game for the defensive line to get their mojo back, to get their swagger back, and really just gun-ho right after Pat Mahomes if, if those two offensive linemen are going to be out. Yeah, man, that defensive line needs to step up for this game, and I think this is a good one for them to do it in because they're missing a couple key points on their offensive line. I agree. The other question that I have about this defense that's really kind of, you know, hitting me sideways is the fact that we're 28th in allowing passing first downs. And this is one of the best passing teams in the league. So I just want to know, what do you think about that? Like, what do you what do you think needs to happen for our defense to get back to its old dominant way with or without Matt Milano? Honestly, man, I think it comes down to contested passes and getting our hands up in the passing lanes when we're not winning our line battles. When those defensive linemen are not winning, they need to get their hands up. It makes little space for Mahomes, little space for any quarterback. And the defense in the secondary just needs to be able to contest more passes. Trey White is hopefully going to be healthy for this game. He was a full full participant in practice Friday and Saturday this week, so I'm thinking he's going to play. But that's really the key, man. That's what they need to start doing. Yep, I agree. I agree with you, man. And Trey White obviously was well missed last week. We need him against Tyreek Hill this week and hopefully slowing down this Kansas City high-powered offense. We got two great coaches coming into this. Both used to work with each other. Sean McDermott comes in as the understudy man that, you know, followed Andy Reid throughout his career, worked with him in uh, in Philly. Philly. And, you know, really learned a lot from what he does. And that's why Andy Reid is amazing at coaching and has all the jobs he gets because he knows how to win. He knows how to succeed in this business. And I think we got a good a good bite out of that cookie, man, when we got Sean McDermott. So I'm really oh, excited yeah. to see how the game plan looks, how how well our team comes in, how fresh we look. Like As long as we don't come into this game looking as sluggish as we did the Titans game, I don't really have any worries. I know it's going to be down to the wire, but the body language that was being displayed needs to be better in my opinion too. Yeah, man, I agree with you. I, I'm thinking it's going to come down to the wire though. I think it's whoever's got this ball last and Mahomes or Allen is going to take control of this game at the end of the game. Now, AY, I do have a question for you. Do you feel like this defense is going to cause more than one turnover in this game? I do. I do. I feel like Sean McDermott is going to game plan correctly. Leslie Frazier is going to figure out how to get his defensive line in the face of Pat Mahomes a lot more, make him throw on the run. I know he's still dangerous out there on the run and out of the pocket. I just think if we get the pressure up, we're going to cause some more turnovers. I think this defense is hungry. They hear everything that's going on. They know what people are saying. They know how Bill's Mafia is dealing with the loss of the Titans. And everybody's noticing that the Bill's D isn't what it was in years past. And they hear that. They're hungry, especially when you got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I think we're getting either two picks or a pick and a fumble this game. 
Yeah, I agree with you, man. I'm I'm hoping for that because they really need to start winning in the turnover differential. It's gonna take. I feel like this is a defense waiting for that one play, man. One play is gonna change the whole dynamic of this defense and get everybody back on track. Right. I really believe that. So my question for you is: If Matt Milano's out, Trey White's out, does Tyreek Hill like have a career day against us? Oh, <laughs> I hope not. But there's a good possibility that he might, unless Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde can take away every section of the field for Tyree Kill. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it could be bad. He's definitely going to be priority one. He's the he's one of the best guys at stretching the field in the NFL. And then you got potentially the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's been doing it for years. And that is definitely Pat Mahomes' number one guy. So if we're without Matt Milano, I'm excited to see that matchup between either A.J. Klein or Tyrell Dodson. I want to know if they stick with him well enough to at least give our defensive line time to get to Pat Mahomes. And I, I just want to see Jerry Hughes get fired up, man. I can't remember the last time. I used to say it all the time, too. He'd be on the sideline just yelling, man, just pissed. You could see like he was getting angry, and then he'd go out on the field, and he'd smack somebody, dude. Yeah, man. He just doesn't really seem like the same player this year. I'm hoping that this week he can turn that around and be the player of old and be that old Jerry Hughes, that mean dude. I know we did see a personal foul for him last week, which is definitely not out of character. Right. Which, yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. It's definitely not out of character. It's either personal foul or offsides. He's he's ready to go, though. I like Actually, I think, I think he had both in that did game. He? <laughs> I think so. But let us know what you guys think. What's, what's going to be the biggest factor here for the Buffalo Bills to stop Pat Mahomes? Are we going to have to blitz more? Are we going to have to sit in zones more? Man up. Let us know. Hit us up on the Buffalo Binge page on Facebook. And I, I unless you got something else, Graham, I'm, I'm ready to just tackle this week, dude. I'm ready to tackle this week, too. But you know what, man? There is one thing that is kind of irking me a little bit. All right. What's the irk? The Pagulas have decided to try to trademark Buffalo, or sorry, Bills Mafia. You know, I saw something on that, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we definitely need to talk about here on this show. What? How, well, tell me, how's it making you feel? Honestly, I don't really know how to feel about it because I feel like they can do some good trademarking it and selling things and giving back to the community because obviously the Pagulas have played a big role in rebuilding downtown Buffalo, making it a nicer place, making it more family-oriented and trying to bring some spice back to Buffalo. Yeah, and making it so people want to visit the city again. Mm -hmm. The Pagulas have definitely played a huge role in that. I and I think you hit the nail right on the head. Buffalo has definitely become more of a destination place since they've owned the Bills and Sabres. Maybe not you know, top charts in the in the country, but it's it's definitely more welcoming than it was before, especially in the sports world. The one thing that really bothers me about it though is the fact that 90% of the Bills Mafia apparel that I own comes from some type of donation on Facebook. Like I'll just be scrolling and it'll say, oh, buy this shirt and all proceeds go to this cancer patient in the hospital. And I, I like- Right. And nine, nine times out of 10, it's a, a child with cancer. Right. So I'm hoping that if they do get this trademark, that they don't change that that they allow people to still do that because I don't just go to the store and look for Bill's Mafia apparel. I only buy it on special order for a special occasion. Right, for a good cause. And speaking of a good cause, there is a young man who has leukemia who I've actually donated a bunch of money to help. His name is Bentley. His cousin is in my apprentice class at the hall. Good friend of mine. His name is Steve. You, you, you've talked to Steve on mm -hmm. Xbox. His uh, cousin has leukemia and has actually Same. met a bunch of the Bills players. And it's it's because of foundations that the Bills have and the Pagulas have that have been able to help him meet his idols, right. which is really cool to me. That's the thing that I think the Bills, like the Pagulas are going to do good things with the money that they're going to get from this. But I, I agree with you, man. I think a lot of it's a money grab and it's 
going to suck. And that that's what I'm worried about. One, you were the first person to tell me, hey, why are they trademarking this when they're not even responsible for creating it? And I think that's perfect. I feel like the people who created it should get the fair share of doing it first. And I think that they just didn't trademark it themselves because it's it's such a, like a family oriented thing. Like Bill's Mafia is a family. I don't even know half the people I talk to when I go to a Bills game, but I know that I can walk up to just about anybody in a Bills uniform or Bills Mafia shirt and have a conversation for at least five minutes and right. people are going to be cool about it. Right. I've never had an issue like that. Yes, are we bad against other fans? Of course we are. We're fans. We're fan base. But but we also do good things for other right. fan bases like the Andy Dalton Foundation. Right. Bill's Mafia has done some phenomenal things that can never be taken away. Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. Yep. They gave him $14 because of his jersey number because of his mom passing for the funeral and right. everything. Like not that he needed it, right. but that's just something. You know what I mean? And that's what separates Bill's Mafia from just about every fan base. We are one big family who when it needs to come down to the you know tooth and nail, we're there for each other. Yep, and you're taking that away and making it corporate mm-hmm. by the trademarking o- it. The only reason why I think Pagulas want their fingers on this and dabbling in this pool of Bill's Mafia is because we've heard it a million times this year, man. The marketing whole entire unit got fired, let go or quit before the season even started for Buffalo. Uh, Terry and Kim Pagula come out and say something along the lines of, we aren't making enough money to sustain our lifestyle. So if this is a money grab, I'd be really disappointed in what they're doing. Here. I really think that's what it is. But that that's that's really disappointing to me because they have done great things for Buffalo. They created the One Buffalo Movement. They, right. They're responsible for a lot of good things. But at the end of the day, you got to understand when your greed's just getting a little outrageous. And right here, it should be a free market for Bill's Mafia. That's why I feel like the original fans that made it didn't even trademark it because they want people to just have the brand of Bill's Mafia. Yeah, and, and do whatever they want thing. with it. Exactly. They don't need to have to pay a royalty or whatever right. when they want to make a t-shirt or, or, right. or a hat or anything. I just love the cause that Bill's Mafia already has. I love what we display. And the moment you bring them in, into it, it's just going to change a little things here and there that might end up being big down the road. Now, do you think that we need to rename Bill's Mafia because of this? No, but if we do, we're going to call them the Bingers. Yeah, I would love to see that, but you know what? That's a tall order, bro. We'll see Bill's Mafia it, is so engraved it in is, my brain it, now. It is. It's like cemented. It's part of my DNA. We'll see how it shapes up, though. We've got some time. They got to go through the whole court system, and we'll keep you updated on that. In the meantime, make sure you're out there making as many shirts possible if you have the finances to do so, so you can be that one fan who still does it for a good cause. Yeah, or make a Buffalo Bin shirt to get started there. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up here for us on this week's episode. Recap of the Titans and the foreshadowing of the Kansas City Bills game. I'm expecting what kind of score. I'm going to say 34-28 Buffalo here at the end of the day. I'm going to say 21 to 18. All right, buddy. We'll see how it shapes up. Please, fans, bingers of all ages, please hit us up on our Facebook page, The Buffalo Binge, with any feedback. Tell us what scores you think we got and if we missed anything so we can upgrade our next episode. What do you got for him, Graham? Also, guys, make sure you're still hitting us up at Instagram at woodbine underscore sports. Follow and like that page. Make sure you guys are subscribing to The Buffalo Binge on Spotify. Make sure you guys are also subscribing to Woodbine Sports on Spotify. Stay tuned for that Woodbine Sports podcast every Wednesday. And thank you all for all the support. It's been great. Getting a lot of support out in public has been good too. Shout out to Freddie. Thanks, man, for all the support. It's been great. Everybody else, keep showing us your feedback. Keep showing us your love. It's been awesome. Thank you. Yes, it has. And get those tailgate and grills ready to go. We got Buffalo Bills, Kansas City playing tonight, 5 o'clock. Be there, be square. And as always, binge on. Binge on.